This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome to Magpies Unrestricted. Ladies and gents, and welcome to Magpies Unrestricted, where we'll be talking all things Newcastle United. I'm your host, Chris Simpson, and joining me today is Cara Thistlethwaite. Hello. And we are joining you in the middle of an international break, listeners, so no Newcastle match action to go through. We've been on a warm weather training camp in Dubai, shock horror, standard. <laughs> um, as, you know, I think probably quite a few teams have gone away on these sorts of uh, jaunts during the international break, at least with the players that are left anyway. So really, we're just going to just go over what little news there has been, which, to be honest, isn't a huge amount. And then we're going to look ahead to uh, the Man United game, which obviously is our first game back when we the Premier League resumes. And then we thought we'd just, whilst it was the international break, just take a little time to just look ahead to the running. We've got 12 games left to go to try and secure top four. So we thought we'd have just a little bit of a sneak peek at like you know what we've actually got to come and and how we think we might get on. And we'll have a punt at predicting the future. Uh, as always, I predict bad things for Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> Pessimism. No. Um, hey, we'll get to that. I'm, I think we've got a good chance. But again, spoiler alert. Let's just deal with the news first. And the main news uh, this week, really, listeners, and we've talked about it, I think, before. I'm sure we touched on it I at think some, we have, some point or another. Yeah. But yeah, Newcastle are going to be trialling safe standing next season. Um, which I think, well, we'll get to our thoughts, I suppose, um, in a moment, but just to sort of go through what the details are going to be. A designated standing section is going to be installed in the southeast corner of the stadium by the Gallagher's End. There's going to be room for about 1,800 supporters, and there's going to be a similar sort of standing area up at the top of the Leeses End for the away fans as well. And it's going to see the return of safe standing to St. Gems Park for the first time since 1994. I always liked the standing sections. I just felt that... You were a bit more well. You probably weren't. You were, but you felt like you're a bit more of the action. People are moving around. Um, I think it felt a bit more like an a, an event. But I understand why it disappeared. And I you, guess I guess the worry is the morons who will ruin it for everybody else. Um, I mean, just just to give the your background and I'm I'm sure you know most at least the broad strokes here listeners but just to give you a bit of background on on terms of like standing in football in the UK um that I mean it used to pretty much be you know the case literally every stadium up and down the country they were pretty much all standing really um you know there was very little if any formal seating and you know you were just on the terraces kind of thing and then, of course, the Hillsborough disaster struck in in 1989, and then following the subsequent uh, Taylor report carried out by Lord Justice Taylor, he uh, ruled basically that all stadiums in the UK uh, would be required to be all seater, um, you know, for safety reasons. Uh, that then actually stopped being mandatory for the Premier League and Championship in 2022. So obviously, just last year. Because um, I mean, we've we've seen a lot of calls for the reintroduction of safe standing, 
Um, you know, uh, quite a lot in recent years. It's it's used in in Germany, I think, quite notably. But you know, around a lot of other European countries, and even in actually the states as well. In in a lot of MLS teams, have a sort of general admission slash safe standing section behind one of the goals. Um, so yeah, I like I say, I, I think it's it's good to see it returning because for, for the reasons you mentioned before, I would like to hope that the prices are lower. Well, I mean, if, they best be. <laughs> that is the glory of standing. <laughs> I, given the way it's going to work, I would be surprised if it was lower because you are still going to have access to a seat. So the way it basically works, listeners, if you don't know, is there are going to be sort of safety barriers slash rails between each row um, to sort of improve the crowd control, and fans are still going to have designated seats. It's not going to be like a free for all in these areas. Oh, it will. You're going to have a designated seat. <laughs> That seat basically can be locked upright so that you've got the room to stand, but there, you know, there's still going to be an assigned seat for everyone in those sections. So you know, it's not going to enhance the capacity in the way that we used to see, like way back in the day, where because everyone was stood up, you could fit like almost twice as many people in the stadiums and that kind of thing. Um, who knows when it comes to us or any other club whether prices will be affected I suspect they won't be uh, but again who who really knows um, but what I was going to say is I think that given we know what happened obviously with Hillsborough I know obviously it was a long time ago now but given the way that obviously the various issues surrounding it have dragged on with the inquiries and finally getting to the truth of what happened which was of course covered up by South Yorkshire police and then spread by the sun and all that horrible, horrible business you know it it still is fresh for a lot of people, uh, Liverpool fans especially of course but you know what I mean, I I, I think that fans aren't going to take it for granted that it's back and I would be surprised if you do get idiots there and again even setting all that aside, the fact that, as I say, it's not just standing the way it used to be, where it was, like I say, just a terrace and a bit of a free-for-all. It is going to be this, you know, safety rails, assigned seats, nominally, anyway. You know, I think overall, I mean, obviously, it's a trial. We're going to have to see how it goes, but we've seen that it can be done safely and successfully in lots of other countries. And, and another so sport. We, di- so. we didn't, yeah, exactly. And yes, obviously we had a very good reason in this country for not having it for a long time. But I think, especially now that they've got the the way to implement it, you know, with barriers, it's not just bringing it back as it was. You know, I, I think I think that's um, ultimately a good thing because, you know, fans want to stand at football matches. Away fans want to stand at football matches. I'd say they're going to have a, a similar sort of section at the top of the Leases end. You know, it saves the stewards, at least in that section, constantly having to be like telling people to sit down. You know, it's um, it, it does add, add to that, like as you said, that it's an event. You know, I said all that, but then I realised I'm actually old, and the idea of standing for ninety minutes at a minimum <laughs> does not make me feel good. Um, <laughs> well, that's the beauty of it. If, no, if, no, if, because you time... know everybody will be sitting. Yeah, but that's only for, like, that's for half an hour. That's still 45 minutes minimum. And we all know exercise. If you're watching Man United, you're going to be standing for 60 minutes each half. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but we all know that it's at minimum, let's be honest, 47 minutes each half. 
everyone will be standing all the time. You'll never see if you sat down. No, I think I'm too old for this. <laughs> I need a seat. Huh? I want to watch it in comfort with my pie and my drink. With nobody else hustling me. <laughs> too old. <laughs> All right, well, we won't get you a ticket to the safe stand. You, you but... go do your little standy thing and be with your friends and I'll sit there with my nice little... Well, I can't even bring in a mug of tea because stupid football. Um... <laughs> and God knows you're not allowed to have alcohol in the side of the pitch. It's allowed in rugby, but it's not allowed in football. Yeah, that's, that's why you go to rugby fun. and you bring your thermos and you bring your brownies and you bring like your cookies and your extra pasties. and. Or we could just appeal that... That it should and be allowed in a far superior sport of football. And then your standing area means that you can even go right up to the you can just walk up to the end. There isn't any But again you're you just then go right having there and then you lean over and you bang on the bang on the placards and you can reach out and touch people and yeah, it's great. And but, people can fall over. But you then have the horrifying realisation that you're at a rugby match. Yeah, but I've got my tea and my brownies there, so I'm all happy. <laughs> but anyway, like I say, we <laughs> We're going to see how that um, goes next season. I, I don't see any reason why it won't be a success. And who knows if you know if, if the trial does go well. I, I'm sure at this point, I would be surprised if it was something they introduced like across entire stadiums. I'm sure they're still going to have seated sections. But you know, it, it seems- it, 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 this could pave the way for bigger than just like small specific sections in the future but again we're just gonna have to see how it goes and it seems like it's going to be easily implemented if it's just like effectively the replacement of a row of chairs so they have the ability to lock that's something that's that's easy enough to do to be fair there aren't that many stadiums where they're always locked down at the moment anyway um also i just really hope that it is something that is reduced in price a bit because as I say you are going to have to be stood during the house because that's the area where people are going to be standing to watch the match and it would be really really good to see something just any reason for them to reduce the prices to allow the average Joe to go to a football match because it's just getting far too expensive at the moment for, for, for those people and obviously if you, if you get yourself a season ticket brilliant if you're capable of going to see a match that many times and it makes it worth it that's excellent but for those people who live far away like us for instance we live so far away from Newcastle we cannot get there every week no matter how much we'd want to and just be nice to be able to like oh every now and then oh there's an extra ticket on the standing area it's going to be a bit cheap just so it makes the travel cost seem less of an issue because the ticket cost is reduced um, I don't think I think you're right I don't think we'll see it but I, I really really hope that it does start to affect it so I've got fingers crossed there yeah I mean well I mean without wanting to get into the wider issue I think all football ticket prices need to come down but again that is a separate issue but no I I agree and I think also you know it's in it's going to be in the Gallagher and you know it's going to I mean let's face it you know the atmosphere the atmosphere in the Gallagher end is already you know pretty legendary you know, even by across the entire Premier League, the Gallagher end is you know is is up there. Is that why they've done it? Just because they're the ones who won't sit down. <laughs> <laughs> I think it just it makes well. I I mean, there was a fan poll a, a couple of years ago, and I think the vast majority a said that they were in favour of safe standing being reintroduced, and b I think the vast majority of people said that that's where they would want it, and it, it makes sense at the end of the day. The having that kind of safe standing X section again. If you, say if you were going to have it at Anfield, you would probably stick it in the Cop End. If you're having it at Old Trafford, you'd probably have it in the Stretford End. You know, it's 
it just sort of it just feels fitting. That's where the most passionate fans are. They usually are the ones who want to stand and sing. This just kind of makes it even easier for them. Um, you know, so I, I think it's a bit of a no-brainer. So, like I say, that's that's going to come in next season, and yeah, we're we're all for it overall. But um, mm. oh, the other bit, no, really, very briefly, is that that Amazon Prime documentary has been officially confirmed. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, obviously, as we said, we talked about that last week. We don't need to um, go into that again because that's the only. There's no no other really new details. It's going to come out at some point later this year, probably around August. We'll just have to wait and see. But but yeah, going to be like the John Wick of football documentaries. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is Milo. Keanu Reeves is in it. The only reason I watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, Keanu Reeves is not going to be featuring in the <laughs> game next Sunday uh, as Newcastle host Man United after the international break. Um, hopefully, chance for us to get a bit of revenge for the League Cup final. But yeah, obviously quite a big game to come back to. We've, we went into the international break with back-to-back wins, finally kind of putting an end to that, let's face it, at least by recent standards, you know, a really sort of poor run for us. It's a disappointing run, wasn't and, it? And, and finally, yeah, getting a bit of momentum back um, just before the break. So obviously the key for us now is to maintain it after this two-week break, you know. Um, but obviously what we're going to face is a pretty tough challenge in Man United. Probably not ideal. Certainly going to be a step up from Wolves and... Who else? Whoever the other one was. Good God, I'm having such a mind blank as to who the other team. It was a long time ago. It was two weeks. (laughs) Um, But it doesn't matter because they're one of the one of the teams that Newcastle are currently fighting for fourth place in at the moment. Um, Potentially, this is the best time to play them when the team has been disbanded for a little bit because obviously most of them, most of Man United's first team, will be playing for their international sides. Um, you then have a couple of people missing so they're currently I mean fingers crossed for Newcastle fans obviously not Marcus Rashford himself but they are waiting to see if Rashford at this point in time that we record this anyway um, may or may not be able to play Uh, unfortunately Newcastle are once again beset by potential injuries Um, Almiron won't be there Gordon potentially won't be there I think quite quite possibly just won't, won't be there um, Botman um, has had a virus, so hopefully that isn't something that lots of hopes here. Um, yeah, that, that that isn't a pass to the rest of the squad and b prevents him from playing. Um, but hopefully that, that maybe they're out. You know, a little bit knocked out of sync because obviously we've had we've had this international break. Maybe this is the time to run and hit them hard. Maybe this is the time that Newcastle are also weak. And and United will be doing exactly the same thing. So I don't know. I I think it depends on your point of view. You being a Newcastle fan who has their glass empty even when it's full, <laughs> um, probably assumes the latter. Well, no, I mean, no, I I'm. This is going to be a really tough game, and there is no getting around that. I, from a Newcastle point of view, given the way we finished the last couple of games, the fact that we won both, we played very well in both of them that gives me cause for optimism because that's what we hadn't seen in the you know month two months really before those two True. we weren't playing very well and obviously not getting the results to 
put that to bed. It was Nottingham Forest, that was it. Sorry, it was Wolves and Nottingham Forest. <laughs> anyway, sorry, to put that to bed with, as I say, two you know pretty strong performances and two obviously just good back-to-back wins. I mean, let's face it, as I say, unless you're Man United or Man City or someone of that ilk, back-to-back wins in the Premier League is always um, a welcome achievement. So, you know, from that point of view, we should have a lot of confidence back that we were lacking, for example when we went into the cup final yeah, all this sort of stuff but yeah it's going to be a tough game Man United really since October um, have had a really good season um, aside from that 7-0 defeat of course at the start of March if they could have only done that a week earlier that would have been lovely Um, (laughs) but some you know um, some silver linings though uh, for us as well well, we Understandably, hoping again. <laughs> well, you, you have to, you know, but they're not quite as strong away from home, which again is is the case for most teams. Again, this is all relative. As I say, United have had a really good season, but of their seven defeats in all competitions this season, five of them have come away from home. In the Premier League, the away record uh, this season is six wins, five defeats, two draws. So they're certainly not infallible. You know when they're away from home. No, exactly. We we are very strong at home. Obviously, yeah. I know we we lost to Liverpool, um, you know, in February at home. But generally, we are very strong at St James's Park. And if we win, when we've got the extra motivation aside from the revenge for the cup final, if we win, we will actually leapfrog them in the table because we're three points behind. But our goal difference is actually much better than theirs. Yeah, and it will Im- it'll improve as well if if you win. Exactly, ours is currently plus twenty. Theirs is only plus six. Obviously, if we win, then there's going to be an extra swing there as well, and that is huge motivation because yeah, that's potentially depending on what Spurs do, and obviously they've got. I wouldn't put any rid of Conte. Well, it depends. Yeah. It's not even really a new manager bounce so much as a no manager bounce. But we'll see what happens with them. But that's potentially lifts us up to third if we to if we are to win on Sunday, and that's got to be enormous motivation for the players, considering you know where we've kind of been um, over the last you know few months in terms of doing really really well, and then. You know, going on that slide and now getting that confidence back again, in theory, to potentially get up to to third again, with then eleven games remaining, everything still really in our in our hands would be enormous. Um, You've also so, got Isaac in great form as well, so the hopefully the momentum from all of that, the extra motivation, hopefully that will carry through into not only this match but the final couple of games that Newcastle have to really force home this potential fourth place position which would be massive for Newcastle well yeah exactly I mean like you say he the last couple of games before the, the break he obviously got three goals in those and again was just pl- even aside from the goals was just playing really well and yeah I think that is the big hope is that if he can have a really strong end to the season because Again, if you, if you take away the injuries, you know who knows what he could have already achieved with us. But he's already he's shown really really promising flashes. So yeah, if he can, you know, over the next twelve games, because that's all we've got left now. Obviously, we've got no cup games left, nothing like that. It's just twelve games to see if we can get top four. We're starting. We'll we'll you know we're we're in fifth, but we're only two points outside, and 
Again, we've got two games in hand on Spurs. Let's see what we can do and where we can go. And if Isaac is playing as well as he has in those two games and as well as we've seen, you know, in bits and pieces again, um, as we said, his injuries and fitness, you know, has unfortunately like hampered him at times this season and obviously had that, you know, the, the big spell out. But if he can just carry that momentum through and have just a really strong run in, that could have an enormous impact on whether or not we do get into the Champions League this season. And in terms of the games, you know, that we're going to be playing, you know, we've we've got some tricky games. Obviously, we've got Man United uh, first and foremost. Mm. We've got Brentford. They're having a great season. They are having a great season. There's Spurs. I mean, again, who knows what's going to happen with them by the time we play them? They've got rid of <laughs> they've got rid of Conte. They've got you know a month or so to actually sort themselves out before we play them. So we'll see what state they're in then. But you know, potentially a tricky game. <laughs> and we've got yeah, we've still got Arsenal um, to play again and we've got Chelsea I think on the final day but in and amongst those they're all kind of nice and spread out for us we don't have like a run where you've got you know like Man United Arsenal Chelsea three weeks running which is probably the first time in living memory for, for Newcastle at the moment <laughs> yeah it, it does make a nice change for us that you know they're Eat, eat all these difficult games I mean again any game might be difficult but you know just the, the on paper ones in between them nicely is kind of sprinkled with you know West Ham Aston Villa Everton Southampton Leeds Leicester again potentially any of those games could be a really difficult one mm. this is the Premier League after all any team that actually turns up on the day can give you a tough game but you know, none of those sides are having a, and again, they're all going to be you know fighting for survival. But none of them are having great seasons. They're very winnable if we can, you know, capture at least some of that kind of form that we showed earlier on. Because when we were in that kind of form, you know, only the top teams actually had a chance that we were playing that well. Again, it's a big ask to reach that level again. But as I say, we've got a bit of momentum. We've got a bit of confidence back. If we can do well against Man United put on a, a decent performance whatever the result ends up being hopefully hopefully at least we get a draw but obviously a win would be would be huge you know why not think we can kick on I know I am normally the negative one and we've joked about that literally earlier on this pod but and it, it really could go either way it really could I think the thing is if you, if Newcastle don't finish fourth it's not a big deal because Newcastle have already done so much better this season than they did last season so in terms of how you're going to feel about Newcastle playing in this season you're still going to feel that that the Magpies have actually done good it's also going to feel frustrating because they've done that well you feel like they should finish fourth um, but if you think about it in the, in the grand scheme of things if, if you just think about the numbers the comparison to last season all across the board is so much better and I think I think we've said it before as well we need to keep that in mind but obviously aiming for fourth if you don't get it it's not the end of the world and we just need to keep it in perspective um, the progress that's been made in the club um, across this year and I think that's quite difficult to do when you're in the midst of this yeah. top four battle we've done so well this season yeah but <laughs> if it doesn't happen it doesn't mean it's not been a good season and actually it's a real dichotomy I think, and it's very difficult for obviously. I, obviously, I am a fan of Newcastle. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not like 
are through and through fan of, of Newcastle. No, of course. And, we're, and, we're something of a second team for you, like Wester are for me. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I have nothing nothing good <laughs> to look for on that end. Um, it's Brentford now. No. Um, <laughs> um, but I, I think, it, 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 if, obviously, for, for proper fans of, of Newcastle, I feel that that's got to be quite a very difficult thing to balance. Um, and obviously, I can remove myself a bit easier. But yeah, no, it's, just, it's, it's tricky. It's definitely doable. Definitely doable. Um, but I don't think you should sink into some form of morose if it doesn't happen and think that the whole season's better. I'm not saying you're going to do that. I'm just saying I know that that's what it could feel like for some of the fans if you end up sixth or seventh, which is also possible if you have a poor end to the season. Yeah, like you said, we're just going to have to see what happens when Newcastle get to. I know ultimately, of course, that ends up being the We're just going to have to see what happens in the future. What's a revolutionary concept, but you're spot on and I would say if you'd have said to me again compared to where we were last season and really the last several seasons if you'd have said to me you're going to reach a cup final and you're going to say finish even seventh that is still dramatic progress and again we'll have to wait and see all we can do is just give ourselves a fighting chance at the top four and if we get the Champions League that would be lovely I, I could say I'd be pretty happy with any European football. I know that obviously there are some issues with being in the Europa League or especially the Conference League in terms of like, you know, how welcome are the extra games versus what you actually kind of get out of it. But again, considering that we used to be in Europe damn near every season and then we've been in Europe like once under Mike Ashley, you know, it would just whatever tier of Europe we potentially managed to get into would be nice. But doubly so obviously if it ends up being the Champions League but again we're just going to have to see how we get on we, we can if we yeah if we can get some momentum and form get that confidence back and keep it then we've got every chance of finishing in the top four but you know I'm, I've not got all my hopes pinned on it or anything like that it's just going to be how we perform more than anything and, and if the results happen to go with that that'll be lovely but we're going to be here I was going to say every step of the way listeners but we aren't actually here next week, so we won't actually be directly looking back at the Man United game. Is something happening next week? No, I are we involved? Think, no, I no. Think nothing important anyway. No, we definitely nothing, nothing that I care about. No, no, I don't. I've heard rumours that someone's getting married, but uh, it's not you. No, I don't, I don't know. But anyway, we're not <laughs> going to be here next week, listeners. Uh, we will touch on the Man United game if it's a good result. <laughs> uh, the week after, so we also aren't going to be previewing. Uh, I think we've got West Ham after Man United, but we will be back after, basically after Easter weekend, we will be back and normal, normal service will be resumed. So in the meantime, let's keep our fingers crossed Newcastle do well. And yeah, we've been Magpies and Restricted. I've been your host, Chris Simpson. Thank you, Cara. No problemo. And thank you, listeners. Bye. Bye. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts.